Blog Talk Radio. Hello everybody, my name is Boss Rutten. Hi, this is Diego Lima. This is Rodrigo Comprido and you listen. And you guys are listening. So you are listening to the Verbal Submission. everyone welcome back to the verbal submission yes we are officially back it's been a couple months i know and i apologize um but we are over our hiatus i am your host brian hemminger and this is episode 211 of the verbal submission we're joined today with my fellow co-hosts richard and richard perry and jerry rodriguez they'll be joining us momentarily and joining us today in about 30 minutes will be upcoming UFC on Fox 18 debuter Randy Brown. He was on Looking for a Fight. He's making his UFC debut against Matt Dwyer. Very excited to speak to the rude boy. And um, just all kinds of crazy stuff going on in the world of mixed martial arts right now. So without further ado, let's bring in my co-host for the evening, Richard Highlight Perry. Richard, how you doing today, man? Uh, I'm kind of freaking out um, with the news uh, about Stipe and uh, um, with what the Patriots uh, are or probably are not doing right now because I can't watch. So mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll see how I hold together. Yeah. Um, man. So, yeah, if you didn't hear, this literally just happened, but Stipe Miocic is in for Cain Velasquez. He's going to be battling... Fabricio Verdum for the UFC Heavyweight Championship at UFC 196 in just two weeks. So, wow. So, major props to Stipe. And uh, and you know what? I give him so much credit because he did it his way. He never talked a whole bunch of crap like Jerry was trying to egg him on to do. He went out there and he did all his talking in the cage, uh, knocked out Andre Arlovsky in the first round in his last fight, and now he's in a position to, to fight for the title, and he got his shot. So super huge props for him. I think this is a, an awesome opportunity for him, and I'm so happy for him. And I'm going to try every trick in the book to try to get Stipe on the show tonight. I do have his phone number. I, I'm i sure he's getting completely bombarded, so I don't know if he'll be able to respond to me in time to, to get him on because literally I just found out about it about five minutes ago. And uh, But I'm doing everything I can. But in the meantime, we do have a lot of stuff to talk about. There's this upcoming heavyweight fight that just got announced. We've got uh, Ronda Rousey was the host of Saturday Night Live last night. I'm sure I would like to hear Richard's review. I, I actually did go and watch every skit that she was a part of, so I can give my thoughts as well. And uh, And then Jerry will be joining us momentarily after the Patriots game is over to talk and complain about whatever's going on in that department as well. So, man, uh, what, what are your thoughts on Stipe getting the shot? I, I think it's probably the fight that should have happened in the first place. I don't think uh, I don't think anybody really wanted uh, to see uh, Kane fight yet another rematch. Um, and I'm glad to see uh, Stipe get the shot 
I actually misread the tweet at first and thought it said Stew, which made me very angry. But uh, I'm I'm glad it was actually Stipe. Mhm. So, yeah, I'm I'm super glad it was Stipe too, and it's not Overeem or you know Barnett or something. If you know he wins against or Rothwell, because Stipe deserves it. I mean, he gave he gave Dos Santos a hell of a fight, and that really put him on the map as a, a potential contender just by the fact of how close that fight was against Dos Santos. I mean, you could argue he won it. And then put complete beatdown of Mark Hunt and then smashes Arlovsky. I mean, those are all legitimate guys that he's been thrown in there against and he's been performing at the best of his career. So he's hitting his prime at just the right moment. I think he's going to give Verduma a fight. So I'm really uh, excited about that. I agree. Just look at that, that Hunt fight and then just think, what, two fights prior to that? Hunt pretty much dominated all but the final seconds of his fight with Verdun. So uh, mm-hmm. I think Stipe has a strong chance. I don't think the line is going to be set where it should be set. And uh, and the Patriots just lost. So yep. That's, all right. That's I terrible. have to take a phone call super quick. So I want to get, get your thoughts on Ronda and stuff. Uh, so take it away, Rich. Oh, this puts me kind of in the hot seat. I did not watch Saturday Night Live at all. Um, probably one of the few MMA fans who didn't go out and specifically watch that. Uh, I just haven't liked Saturday Night Live for, I, I don't know, whenever Chris Farley died, that kind of was it for me. Um, and I can't imagine um, Wanda coming out and just being super hilarious. And from all the reviews that I've read, she wasn't terrible, um, but she wasn't great either. Um, one good part of this was uh, right after the uh, the uh, SNL, um, you know, episode finished, um, Cyborg, uh, Cristiano Cyborg tweeted, it still looks like Ronda Rousey needs help on her stand-up, which that was just a very, very top, high-end, quality one-liner from her. And Brian, you back yet? Not at all. Um, so one other thing I want to talk about is uh, UFC Fight uh, Fight Night Dillashaw versus Cruz, Fight Night 81. And um, I was lucky enough, the day of the event, I was kind of hovering over Ticketmaster, uh, trying to convince myself to buy tickets. And I found some front row center uh, tickets and ended up being cage side right behind the ring girls for the entire event. And um, other than the pacing, I mean, the pacing of the prelims, the fight pass prelims was just amazing. Uh, fighters were leaving the cage, and then uh, the next fighters were already in the cage ready to go. So there was almost no downtime between the fights. The second it got to broadcast, it was brutal. Um, what people forget, especially if you've never been at a live UFC event, is if they're replaying one of the prelim uh, fights, one of the fight pass prelim fights, um, on the broadcast portion, the audience doesn't see any of it. So it's just, you're just barraged with terrible, terrible dubstep remixes of already terrible, terrible songs. And, um, 
I did get to, I did on the preliminary card enjoy the uh, Paul Felder fight. I don't know if you guys heard um, from the audience, but Paul Felder's family was probably three, four rows behind me. And about every 15 seconds, uh, someone, I assume Paul Felder's brother or father or, or, you know, some guy related to him, just would scream the word elbow, just constantly throwing the word elbow out. Um, and it was super distracting. Um, on the upside, you know, because I was kind of in the fighter area, you know, I was right next to um, Team Alpha Male. They were, uh, they were one section over from me. Um, and I was one section away from Eddie Alvarez's super loud wife, and she was losing her mind that entire fight with Pettis. Um, and Brian's back, so, Brian? <laughs> I am back, thanks for uh, holding the fort there, Richard. So you were actually at the last show, uh, the, the Fox 81? Yes, yes, I was. Um, Did you see he, Jerry? He, I mean, it's in, it's in Boston, right? I, I, so. I think he's from Newton. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if he went to the event, but I totally well, last minute. I, um, just well, Jerry ahead. is here. So, Jerry, how you doing? I know probably not, not super happy after what just happened, but uh, how you feeling? You with me, very Jerry? angry, man. I'm very, very angry. Are you <laughs> angry with Goskowski? I'm like angry with the game. They should they yeah. should have won that. I mean, yeah. it's just you know the the, the field goal miss. You could have gone for a, a field goal towards the end, and then you you're in the lead. So there's so many things to be angry. I left work early. I mean, I I could have been making a lot more money. It's just angry. Just, uh, I'm mad at the Patriots. Yeah, understandable, man. So. Uh, as you saw when you called in or you heard uh, Richard was at the show, were you at the the UFC Fight Night 81 event too? No. Hell no. No? Oh, yeah, you don't care about no the pipsqueaks, right? No way, man. Right? What's that? You don't care about the pipsqueaks, right? No, you, here's the thing. If I'm going to pay money to to watch someone fight, they better deliver. And these I knew these guys wouldn't deliver. Like the whole you card, you didn't think it was, was a, good a major disappointment. It was a major disappointment. I say the only Pettis shit the bed. I, yeah, I would say the only disappointment for me was Pettis Alvarez. Although I was impressed with Alvarez's game plan, just the fact that that's the kind of the thing you have to do to beat him. I mean, if he stands toe to toe with Pettis, he's going to get murdered. So you know, he fought a smart fight. It wasn't particularly super entertaining. But I mean, it was it got the job done because I think if he fights a typical Eddie Alvarez fight, like he's, you know, like his fight against Michael Chandler for the first time, he, I think he gets wrecked. Well, I, but, I, look, I, I was I was happy I didn't buy tickets because I was very close. I was like, I was on the fence, and then I was like, you know what? He's gonna wrestle fuck Anthony Pettis. He's not gonna do anything exciting. And then the main event was the guys that, you know, they still wear diapers. So <laughs> at that point, I was like, ah, I'll pass. Look, the last time I went to a UFC event in Boston, it was Chael Sonnen versus Shogun. 
Nothing yeah. will ever top that. I was there. That was their person. debut. That was their debut on Fox Sports One, so they definitely went all out. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm all set. I knew this wouldn't top it. I was happy I didn't buy tickets because um, it was a shitty event. It was. It was. It was tough to watch on TV. I thought the the main card wasn't super entertaining. I thought the I thought the main event was fun. I really did. I enjoyed the main event, even if I thought Dillashaw won. Um, but he, he I did lost. not. He did it. I know a lot of like it was. It just depends on how you score things. Like I thought that you know Dillashaw was landing about as many as Cruz in each round. It's just Cruz mixed in a couple takedowns that he didn't do anything with, and Dillashaw was landing the heavier shots. So it just depends on how you score things, kind of. And Dillashaw was well, being the, the aggressor. I mean, there's I don't know. There's just a lot of things you got to factor in. Well, you got to remember they landed around the same number of punches. It's just that Dillashaw missed more. Now, yeah, a lot of people you don't kind of take you don't those. lose points for missing punches though. Yes, but judges are very dumb, and I think that's part of what played into it. And well, I think honestly, that's why a lot of people called it honestly, because with judges being judges, dumb, it's usually when people miss a lot of punches, but they throw a lot that they reward that guy. Like you look at uh, Robbie Lawler against Carl. Well, look at Robbie Lawler against Carlos Condit. I didn't think yeah, Robbie I mean, Lawler won that fight. Yeah, Condit definitely won that fight, in my opinion. Uh, he won the the first, third, and fourth rounds convincingly. I thought, and I mean, hell, you could even. Crazy or not, you could give him the second round, even though he got dropped, because he was winning about four and a half minutes of that round. Like, pretty one-sided, and then he just got clipped, dropped out of nowhere. And I got no problem with people giving Lawler the second round. And Lawler, I thought, did more damage and was, you know, definitely the better fighter in the fifth round. But, I mean, hell, I don't I don't see how you give three rounds to Lawler in that fight. So, in that fight, people are saying that Lawler's power... And, uh, you know, fight finishing ability is what helped him win that fight. And, but then they go and look at Cruz and they go, no, it was his ability to uh, avoid punches that helped him win that fight. And even though Dillashaw was the one being the more power and fight finishing ability. So, and they landed about the same amount of strikes and Dillashaw did come on stronger. I definitely gave Dillashaw the, the fourth and fifth rounds. And personally, I thought you could give him the first or the the third, depending how you scored uh, the takedowns. But, I mean, I definitely gave Cruz the second, and I definitely gave Dillashaw the fourth and fifth, and I thought the first and third were close. I mean, I I really haven't gone back and and rewatched it a lot. So, I mean, I don't think it was a robbery. I thought it was close. I mean, I I thought that the scores could be – uh, 48-47 Cruz all the way up to 49-46 Dillashaw and anything in between would be fine too. I don't see how anybody scored that 49-46 Cruz. I scored it 52-31 for Donald <laughs> Cruz. God, I hate you so much. <laughs> see, this is why we didn't have a show. This is why we didn't have a show for three months, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, well, they make they make me work on Sundays now, man. It's tough. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm just fucking with you. But uh, no, it's there's there's so much to talk about, uh, Jerry. I know Richard didn't watch it last night. Did you see Rhonda on Saturday Night Live, or did you see anything from it? With my pants off, underwear on my head, it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. 
And, and Saturday Night Live did a great thing. They barely used her. <laughs> I, was gonna, I haven't had a chance to talk about it yet, but I noticed that. <laughs> like, she, didn't, she had one skit where she actually talked a lot. Like everything else, she came in and said like a line or two, and then that was it. Um, there was one skit where she was in it a lot, but she didn't talk. She just beat the shit out of somebody. And then there was one was a pre-recorded one. Yeah, and it was a pre-recorded one. But then there, there was one that I think was live that she talked a lot, but it was I didn't think it was very funny. It was just talking about some weird party that guys wanted to show up at 3 a.m. instead of 3 p.m. and didn't know how to go to a party. I just didn't think that was very funny. But at least that was the one that she actually got to talk a lot in. It wasn't her fault. I thought the other guys were kind of dumb. But, man, they did not use her hardly at all. Even in her opening monologue, they, like, broke it down into rounds. They had uh, people, you know, toweling her off and and announcers in between, like, every 30 seconds or so of her monologue. And then Selena Gomez comes in out of nowhere and starts singing. Like, <laughs> she didn't really have to do a lot. Like, it seems like, uh, you know, they, they didn't have a lot of faith that, that she could pull off being funny uh, by herself. Well, she, you know, She definitely felt protected. Because I remember they've oh, had yeah. professional athletes on the show before, Michael Phelps, you know, Peyton Manning, and I remember them being pretty funny, especially I thought Peyton Manning did a really good job, but, I mean, he's got a lot of commercial Yeah, experience. Peyton Manning sucks. Eli I know you hate job. Peyton Manning. Uh, uh, Peyton, Peyton had to be carried through the whole he had, he was carried by the cast as well, just like he got carried today. By his defense, defense carried him. <laughs> Fuck you, Peyton Manning. I hope he dies. I hope, I hope his I hope I hope he uh I hope his mom gets gang raped. That's how I feel about him right now. <laughs> you are so bad. I hope his now, mom Richard, just gets Richard, Richard, I asked by I, everyone in Denver. All right, all um, right. Uh, Richard, I would, I would advise Richard checking out her opening monologue. She did uh, actually give some props to Holly Holm for knocking her out. She finally said something about it. So you should check that out at least. Uh, well, look, that, it was, it was, like it was a joke or something. It was like, you know, she was like, you know what, I, I should probably say something about this. <laughs> well, he, here's here's where Rhonda's at her best. Go look at the uh, SI issue. That's where she's at her best. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the swimsuit issue or whatever. Yep, that's it. I mean, look, who wants to watch her tell jokes? Nobody. Well, we'll we'll see when the ratings come in. I'm sure that uh, we'll find out how uh, they had solid ratings. Actually, it, I think they were are already they uh, they're already out. They they were pretty good. Oh, nice. Well, good for her. Maybe uh, more opportunities. I mean, she's probably gonna have to beat home if people are really gonna want to care. But look, she's gonna have to beat Misha because Misha's gonna win that belt. <laughs> why, do, why do you think that? Because <laughs> she's she's hotter, man. Come on. The last time she she lost, uh, the last couple times she she lost has been knees and kicks. Home is gonna kick her directly in the skull and knock her out, probably by the third round. Well, it's just because Jerry is in love with Misha Tate. Yes. She uh, she's she doesn't want to come on her show anymore because of Jerry. I'm sure you could pull that interview. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, I, I I asked her if she could come on, and she's like, "Is that is that one guy going to be there?" <laughs> 
Well, no, you know, it's funny because when that I, didn't I, I, I did Booker, and then after that, I never, I, I was never able to get a response back. So I've got a response back. I mean, I have her number, but anytime I've messaged her since, she's like, "Yo, ask my manager," and her manager's never responded to me ever. Like they manage everybody. They manage like uh, John Jones and shit. Like I got no chance. They like they 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 think that I'm just complete dog shit. Like they will. I'm a termite to them. So it makes because <laughs> they used to have a PR guy that was awesome, and he they like he helped uh, Jerry do uh, get an interview with Condit, and and I've talked to that guy to to get interviews with a lot of fighters that they managed and. Uh, was starting to work my way. Oh, up yeah. Up. And then that guy left after, uh, you know, John Jones started getting in a lot of shit and he just got tired of dealing with it. And and now you can't do anything. Like, you you pretty much have to be, like, Junkie or Ariel Hawani. What was that guy's name? Uh, John Fuller, I think. He was he was cool. I, mean, I got, I got, I, I always uh, had a lot of respect for him because, you know, he actually responded. Even if uh, people couldn't interview with me, he would say, hey, sorry, they're not available right now or something. Like instead of just ignoring me. <laughs> I, I will infiltrate uh, her camp once again. <laughs> just you saying you'll infiltrate Misha Tate just gives me the heebie-jeebies, Jerry. I'm just not going to lie. All right. Now, we have, let's see, there is an event coming up. This weekend, UFC uh, on Fox 18, headlined by Bader Anthony Johnson. Now, I need to know, honest opinion, does Ryan Bader die? Uh, no. I actually uh, I actually think um, he has a pretty competitive first and second round with uh, Johnson. I think he gets battered a bit. Um, but if we can use takedowns to kind of interrupt Anthony Johnson's rhythm, um, he could steal a really boring fight. Or Anthony Johnson takes his head clean off his shoulders inside of, you know, five minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he just needs to go, uh, Bader just needs to sit down and watch what Cormier did and go, okay, I need to do that, but I need to not get tagged immediately like he did. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Richard, or uh, Jerry, I know you dropped off there for a second, but uh, did you hear my question about if, uh, d- does Ryan Bader get murdered, or does he have a chance uh, against Anthony Johnson this weekend? Jerry, you with me? All right. No Jerry right now. So, okay, well, we'll just uh, be me and Richard for the time being until uh, Jerry gets his stuff sorted out. Uh, Okay, he does say he's hearing every word. Be right back. Okay, Uh, so, Richard, we've got about seven minutes to kill until Randy Brown comes on. And uh, I'm also, you know, panicking looking at my phone because uh, Nick, uh, my boss, is brothers with Steve Amiosic's manager, uh, Greg Kalikas, who is the owner of the NAAFS promotion, where Stipe basically became a household name right before coming to the UFC. 
And he's actually on his way to go visit Greg right now, because usually Nick does family stuff on Sundays. And Nick literally just found out about Stipe getting the title shot, so he says he's going to talk to Greg and see if he can work some magic and maybe get Stipe on the show tonight. I'm making no promises. It's a long shot. But, I mean, hell, if we can make it happen, I'm going to try at least. So just letting you guys know what's going on right now in that department. But, all right, so... Back to MMA. Is there anything else like going on in the world of mixed martial arts that you want to talk about? There's been a lot of shit that has gone down in the last uh, three months. I mean, Nick Diaz, uh, super reduction in his suspension. Um, he's actually eligible to fight later this year in like August or something. But all kinds of shit. August. Is there anything else going on that you want to talk about? I'm going to talk about the one thing that nobody else is talking about. Um, there's, uh, World Series Fighting is putting on a card, um, it's actually the WSOF GC, which is technically a separate company from, mm-hmm. um, World Series of Fighting. They're putting on a card on, uh, February 7th in, uh, the Tokyo Dome, and, um, this is going to be a name you probably haven't heard in a while, because she retired a long way back, but Hisei Watanabe is coming back. Um, if you get a chance, look her up. She is known for knocking out people, uh, knocking out women, with just one punch KO power, which is incredibly rare at 106 pounds. That is crazy. I didn't uh, know that she was coming back out of retirement. I've heard of her, but... So, yeah, there's actually a lot of shit going on with the other World Series of Fighting promotion. I mean... They've got all kinds of lawsuits and crazy shit going down uh, because of that Ali guy. Um, so there is, if you want to read some real crazy shit, uh, there are some exposés uh, posted about uh, Ali Abdelaziz. He was the matchmaker uh, for World Series of Fighting. He's manager for Frankie Edgar and a whole bunch of other fighters like uh, Rafael Dos Anjos and... And there's a lot of shady shit about him. I, I cannot remember off the top of my head who the journalist was that like started posting all these crazy exposés on him. But Paul you Gift. guys need to... Who was it? Paul? Paul Gift did a great job on writing... It wasn't, it wasn't Paul Gift. It was, it, was not Paul Gift. it was not Paul Gift. It was not Paul Gift. It was MMA that, Analytics, right? No. No. That guy, you know, Paul Gift, yeah, he's more of a, a numbers guy. Um, now i got to look it up. I know it yeah, wasn't I'll... that long ago. Um, I know this is great radio, but uh, <laughs> it was um, Mike Russell. Mike Russell. So you haven't heard about this stuff, uh, Richard? I, I have. I just could have swore. I just could have yeah, it was on, on for. Oh, I I found real him. fight. Yeah, realfightstories.com. That's where he posted his uh, stuff on uh, Ali. Some it's called "Who Are You?" The real story of Ali Abdelaziz, Chapter One and Two. Super, check that out. It was, it's like a month, a little over a month old. If you haven't read both of them, they are crazy. Crazy shit. If um if uh you get a chance, um check out 
uh, Patrick Lyman did a story for, I believe it was Deadspin, about um, Frankie Edgar and um, his camp ties with some crazy um, either Ukrainian um, or, or Russian kind of dictator oligarch and how um, they go over to to the area and you can find pictures of like Chris Weedman and, and Frankie mm-hmm. Edgar and a couple of other fighters with this just mad. Oh yeah, I've heard about that guy too. Wild. And then Frankie comes out with a, a different flag than American for his last fight. Like sponsored countries or something. I mean yeah. just Ugh. So much so much going on. All right, well, um, I'm actually going to uh, – Jerry, are you back with us yet, by the way? Oh, uh, he dropped off again. So, okay, he says oh, he's can back. Can you hear me? Yep, there he is. There he is. All right. Um, so what did, what did you think? Is there anything crazy going on in the world of mixed martial arts that you wanted to talk about? I mean, we're just kind of freestyling right now. Uh, breakfast with Fedor sucked. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the most. Well, there was a lot of you know quick finishes at least, especially in that uh, heavyweight tournament that they ran. Even the though Grand I know you're, Prix, yeah, you're not a huge fan, fun. I know you're not a huge fan of King Mo, but I mean, a lot of really quick knockouts and shit basically in that whole thing. Uh, you know, I'm excited about Bellator's next event. The one with uh, Paul feel- Daly against Andy Ulrich. Yeah, I, I I feel like, you know what, at least we know there's going to be fun fights on there. That's true. I think, what, Michael Page is on that too, right? Michael Page. And then after that, I think they got, uh, I mean, Hoist Graces versus, versus Ken Shamrock. Holy shit. I mean, That's actually on that event? No, no, it's it's in February. It's like in St. Oh, okay. Louis or something. But who uh, cares? I, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just pumped about their events, like, yeah, they're staggered now, but you know what? It, it, they're fun fights. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. you guys talk about that. Um, especially talk about Michael Page a little bit, maybe, or or you can just talk about whatever. Because uh, I've heard a couple comparisons of this our upcoming guest Randy Brown to Michael Page, and maybe that'll uh, get him talking. Randy Brown's bit. not the same guy that played with Chicago Bulls, is he? No. This is this is. You watch Dana's Dana White's looking for a fight series. Not yet. Okay, this guy was on the most recent episode, fought in November. Dana went to a Ring of Combat show, and Randy's the champ there, undefeated, and he uh, scored a knockout of a Matt Serra guy and uh, got uh, invited into the UFC. That's why he's fighting this weekend. So, All right, so I'm going to go get Randy. Uh, you guys bullshit about whatever you want, and then uh, I'll let you know when I have him. So talk to you guys in a minute. Richard... Why are you a Denver Broncos fan? I'm not a Denver Broncos fan. <laughs> so what what do you know about this Randy Brown guy? Um, basically, from what I've understood, he's uh, he's undefeated. Um, he, he had a couple. He took a couple losses as an amateur, but as a professional, he's uh, something like uh, six and zero. Obviously, looking to turn that into seven and zero from. Um, from Matt, uh, from Matt Wyman. Um, he'll be fighting on, I believe, the 30th. So, this upcoming week. Um, and um, his nickname is uh, Matt Blue Boy Brown. 
Brood Boy. So is he from Hawaii? I have no idea. And I don't know why I said Matt, but... It's Randy. I I, I keep saying Matt Brown because mentally that... When someone says the word Brown and the the welterweight fighter, my brain immediately goes to Matt Brown. Um, (laughs) he, um, He kind of travels between... From what I've read in some of his interviews, he's either in New York or with a maker. And he, tra- he trains with the Budokan uh, Martial Arts Academy in uh, in uh, New York, Long Island. And uh, I'm kind of tapped out. So, any other questions? Uh, you were at the uh, event in Boston, right? Yep. So how how was the crowd there? Were they were there a lot of uh, assholes in the crowd just yelling stupid um, shit, or were they educated? Okay, uh, three things really stood out for me. Um, in the front row, everybody was kind of in the front rows. Everybody was pretty uh, pretty educated. Um, I was also sitting with like I was right next to Team Alpha Male, like right next to him. Um, so obviously they're educated. And uh, the guys next to me kept screwing with Herb Dean. They would yell Herb Dean's name out every time he walked by because he was passing the scores um, for the fights and handling all the cards and that kind of thing um, when he wasn't uh, repping. And um, they would yell Herb Dean. They'd yell his name out. He'd look, and they'd point at me because they were drunk idiots. And um, pretty funny. There was also a fight at a pizza place right before the event. Which was all right, well. I'm looking forward to hearing about this fight at the pizza place uh, very soon, Richard. But first, we have (laughs) our first guest for the evening. He is making his UFC debut this weekend against Matt Dwyer. You also know him from looking for a fight with Dana White. Uh, Welcome to the Verbal Submission, Randy Brown. Yeah, yo, what's up? What's up? Oh, it's a a pleasure to have you, Randy. We love having guys on that are making their UFC debuts, that are trying to get their names out there a little bit to people. And you've actually been a little busy. Uh, This is, I think, at least the third podcast you've been on since uh, the announcement that you're making your UFC debut, including uh, John Morgan's. I mean, you had uh, some good company. You were on there with, like, Cain Velasquez, Dominic Cruz, and Randy Brown. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. I just I just take them, man. Whoever calls me, I'm just kind of just down, trying to get my name out there. So you know, mm-hmm. I'm down, I'm down. I'm always, always always happy to come on these shows and just get to know everybody and let them get to know me. Oh, definitely. Now I did a lot of research for this, and I was I was gonna ask a whole bunch of stuff about you know your appearance on Looking for a Fight, but you know that actually got covered by uh, quite a bit by some guys already in some <laughs> of your recent stuff. So I mean, there are still a couple things I want to ask about for sure. Um, you know, you mentioned that it doesn't change how you fight, knowing that, that Dana White was there and then that you know, your possibility of getting into the UFC was potentially on the line with your performance. But, I mean, is it even in the back of your head at all? Like, you know, I got to go out there. I got to, you know, make something happen. I don't want to go out there and, you know, just hold on to this guy for 15 minutes. You know, he's not going to care about me then. Um, believe it or not, man, it wasn't in the back of my mind, not one bit, you know, so my style is, I'm never, I'm not going to go in there and try to, you know, have a boring fight. I never do, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, I'm always looking to finish. I'm always looking to end the fight. You know, there's, there's not one spot that I'm in in a fight that I'm looking to 
the vibe will just eke out points. You know, I'm looking to I'm looking to get the finish at, at, at you know the entire time. So mm-hmm. you know, I didn't I didn't really think about it too much. I didn't really think about it too much. I just went in there to just do what I was there to do, and I know if I did that, I'll be noticed. Well, I know that that's something that's been on your mind. I mean, I, I listened to uh, or I watched a couple videos about you, and you know, you were talking about getting into the UFC last year. Like, you know, it's something that you think about all the time. It's like your ultimate goal. So, you know, what was going through your mind the second you got that finish? Like, knowing that, you know, it was a possibility right then and there. Uh, again, man, nothing. I just got the finish. And then um, once I got the finish, I was just, I was like, all right, I won. You know, and I didn't even, then it clicked right after I was like, oh, snap, yeah, Dan is here. So, like, I completely forgot the entire time I was fighting. I was just doing what I do. And then, then I looked over to him, and I, I looked for him in the crowd. I didn't know exactly where he was. I found him, and I was like, um, "Hey, I'm the one you're looking for. I'm the one. I'm the one you came here to see." Just like that, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Now, uh, I have a lot of questions about your fighting style and everything because I got lucky. Um, there's a guy named Zane Simon that does these great scouting reports for BloodyElbow.com. And he came across, like, it's not easy to find all your fights. I know you have to, there's sometimes there's a paywall, there's other websites. Like, it was really tough to find them on YouTube. But somebody actually uploaded a whole bunch of them in the last, like, two weeks. They just don't have you listed as Randy Brown. It says Rude Boy versus Winners or Rude Boy versus Rocky. But somehow this guy was able to find them. He got them to me. And I was able to watch your last three fights before the Looking for a Fight bout. And I got to say, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about. Uh, a common theme in your fights is your opponents want nothing to do with you standing, and they are immediately looking to clinch with you, uh, just try to take it to the ground, just avoid you know standing at, at range with you at all costs. So what are you working on in your training and everything to just avoid that situation? Um, man, I'm, I'm a real well-rounded fighter. You know, a lot of times, you know, Especially my, a, lot, a lot of my fights don't really show my actual potential, you know. Um, a lot of people are impressed with my fights, but at the same time, you know, I'm always, I'm my biggest critic, so you know, I'm always gonna gonna take take that with you know, like a grain of salt or whatever. I'm always kind of just working on new things always. So, you know, I'm always wrestling, working on my wrestling, working on my jiu-jitsu, you know, working on on every aspect of my game, and I'm working on just being you know, being as empty as possible when I go in there, you know, and just just flow, you know, and just be a complete, just be, you know, be a complete martial artist and just whatever opportunities uh, he presents to me, you know, just to, just to take advantage, you know, just have fun and just be, be, be complete, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm working on everything. I'm working on everything. That's it. Now, speaking of flowing, I watched your, your, your fight against Mike Winters. I think that had the most impressive moment of all the stuff I watched. You went from being on your back to standing up and dropping him with an uppercut moving backwards in a matter of about half a second. I'm not joking. If you haven't seen it, go watch his fight against Mike Winters in the second round. Literally, on your back, get up, move backwards, drop him with an uppercut in one fluid motion. I mean, that is crazy. That is something I don't think a lot of people could pull off. Can you kind of talk me through that? Because I know that that must have been pretty intense for you when that happened. Um, well, the thing, the thing is, you know, like I said, that goes back to me just be, being, you know, taking taking the opportunities that are given to me, you know, being a being an optimist, opti- oh, uh, being a, um, just being just taking taking advantage of the moment, you know what I mean? 
you know, taking advantage of the moment, you know, because that goes back to being well-rounded and all that, you know, I'm not, I'm not just trying to, like, I'm not just trying to, you know, if I'm on my back, I'm not just trying to do jiu-jitsu. If I'm on top, I'm not just trying to wrestle, you know, I'm, if I'm, if I'm standing up, I'm not just trying to kickbox, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to give you everything from any angle, from anywhere at any time, you know, so, so at that moment, I just saw the opportunity, you know, I, I he gave me a little space, I kicked, I made a little space, I got up, you know, he rushed in and, that's another thing that I work on. You know, I, I work on being able to, being able to, you know, fight moving backwards. You know, I, I spoke about that in, in other interviews and stuff like that, but being able to fight going backwards is something I feel like a lot of guys can't do. Mm-hmm. And there was another part when you actually did have some space in the stand-up. Um, you throw a lot of feints, and there's one thing you do that stood out to me, and it's that hip swivel. It's you see it a lot when like Leoto Machida fights, when Anderson Silva fights, like just that that just it, it, you know doing the little the salsa almost the tango in the cage by yourself, um, just that threat of you know, I'm, I could throw the kick at any moment. Um, you know, is that something that you just subconsciously added to your game? Is that intentional? You know, tell me a little bit about that. Fakes, man. It's all about it's all about touching and going. You know, I touch and go, make it look pretty. You know, so that's the game plan all the time. You know. So. As I'm moving, I always I always want to give you the type, you know. I'm trying to fix by your pants, you know, so I'm trying to shake you up a little bit. Awesome. Now, my, uh, my co-host here, uh, Richard, has a question. Uh, I'll just read it for him. Um, and it's, there's stuff that I'll be asking about, too, as well. But um, he said he, you know, read that you travel a lot back and forth, uh, especially early in your life, from you know, Jamaica and New York. And you have a training base in New York. With there's a ton of selection of gyms in that area. But is it difficult to to find places to train when you're not in New York? You know, how often have you been back to Jamaica in the last few years? Um, in the last two years, I haven't been to Jamaica. I haven't been. To oh, Jamaica. okay. And maybe maybe in the last last three years, actually, I haven't been to Jamaica. I plan on going after my flight though. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm in New York. Training, I'm training at Budokan Martial Arts Academy. That's my that's my my um, quarters. You know, that's where where I'm training most of the time. That's my that's just the main camp there. Um, whenever I'm in um, say if I'm in in city or whatever, I'm training at Hensel Gracie Academy. You know, I'm also over at Belmore with Andre Andre Harrison, the boy, Titan FC featherweight champ. That's my mm-hmm. boy. So always training with him and Ryan LaFleur, Those dudes over there over at Belmore. So I'm constantly back and forth between Long Island and so. Did you have any place in Jamaica that you trained with, like when you were working on your boxing, or you know, was that just uh, not not a place that you uh, did a lot of combat training? It's not a it's not a it is a place where I did some combat training, more so like most just just boxing, you know, with like family and stuff like that. But again, when I was in Jamaica, I did a lot of track. You know, I was I was doing a lot of a lot of soccer and, and that type of thing. You know, Jamaica is big on that. You know, but whenever I had time, maybe like once, twice a week or so. I was working on my boxing hardcore, but other than that, not really. Okay. Now, you started boxing, I think, in about 2005. You did it for about four or five years. And mm-hmm. how did you kind of discover MMA from boxing? You know, what what made you decide that MMA was what you wanted to do instead? Um. Well, I was looking for a coach after, you know, traveling back and forth and all that looking for culture. I couldn't really find a coach when I came back. And um I was just I was going to school at Henson Design where we had um, TCI, down the block of Henson Academy. 
and I kept seeing MMA and I kept seeing jiu-jitsu this and I didn't know anything about martial arts or anything like that. So it was in my mind, you know, I kept thinking about it and then I got so excited. Bloody fight was crazy. And I was like, I think I can do that. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, a great academy thinking I'm going to go beat up on some jiu-jitsu guys and muscle them around and all that, you know, but wake up call with the jiu-jitsu I got tied up and all that so you know, ever since there's no look of that man I just I stayed in grind uh, awesome now you are really studious of the game like I, I saw that you you talked about it a lot on some of your, your videos and I was wondering who were some of your favorite fighters to watch I know Anderson Silva is one of your heroes is there anybody else that you, you, you would never miss one of their fights um, well, Roy Jones, you know, Roy Jones back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, now he's kind of, you know, that's boxing, but now he's kind of, you know, out of his prime and everything. Um, another guy that I really like right now is Andre Wood, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, um, Timothy Crawford, you know, um, just, you know, a lot, a lot of boxers. I watch a lot of boxing, you know. Um, but as far as MMA goes, you know, I I look up to Anderson Silva, I love Anderson Silva, you know, um, a big another inspiration for me is Ahmad Jones, you know guys like that, you know amazing wrestling and uh, the way that he's just, you know John Jones is another example of someone that just flows, you know and just kind of just put unorthodox things together and it keeps you guessing, you know and I like that. Now uh, in your study, um, you know did you? Uh, I saw that you post uh, you're falling asleep study in your uh, opponent on Matt Dwyer. Do you think he's boring or is that just you just trying to mess with him a little bit? Oh man, that's just that's just me, you know, that's just me. That's just who I am, you know, sometimes I like to when I get bored I like to I like to poke at things a little bit, you know, but nothing crazy, no disrespect to him, you know, just I just think I just, I just think I, I just think I'm a better fighter you know, looking at his style. You know, I think that he's really slow and just plodding forward and well, you are the rude boy, after all, so yeah, you got to be a little disrespectful sometimes. Um. Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> Actually, see, when everyone, when you hear the word rude boy, people think that it's because I'm like this this rude person or something like that, Yeah. you know, but that's definitely not the case. What it is is that, you know, I'm just, I'm just, um, it's, just a, it's just a cultural thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's more so a cultural thing than anything else, you know? So, so yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm just messing with you anyway. But uh, there is uh, another thing I definitely want to talk to you about. When we see fighters making their UFC debuts, you know, those are usually guys that are working part-time jobs, full-time jobs. Um, you know, they're not full-time fighters. But at least from what I've looked into, I mean, you have made the 100% commitment to, to combat you, know, you are training three times a day. You are constantly working on your game full time. How were you able to pull that off? You know, as a, a regional fighter, before you were able to make your UFC debut, did you just have to make a lot of sacrifices? Oh man, the sacrifices I made were tremendous. You know, I actually, actually, believe it or not, I lived in the gym for about three years. You know, um, I, I, I just, I moved out. You know, actually. My brother was moving, we both moved, and I just decided to stay. Decided to stay. Well, I had an option to go into Jersey, 
you know, and, or staying in New York. And if I stayed in New York, I was, you know, a young kid. I had no money, nothing really. So, you know, my coaches gave me the opportunity to stay in the gym, you know. So I lived in the gym. I just cleaned up, you know, and just took care of, like, my buddies there. And I slept on I slept on Tommy mats or, you know, became what you call a uchideshi. You know, a student, you know, a student that lives lives in the dojo. Means he just takes care of everything and just gets the job done, you know. So that's pretty much what I did, what I did for about four years. Wow. And it looks like it's paying off. I mean, dream come true with uh, the UFC debut this upcoming weekend. Now, uh, looking through your UFC profile, uh, I always like to get to specifics on things. And there was a general, uh, a generalization that I want to clarify. You mentioned, uh, now I know that you spent a lot of time in Jamaica growing up because of uh, the family situation. Um, but you mentioned you had a rough upbringing with a ton of frustrations that kind of led you to fighting. Are you would you be willing to talk a little bit about you know what some of those frustrations were, or maybe you know what the the rough upbringing was like? Um, I won't get too too crazy, you know, too many details, but you know, I'll give mm-hmm. you guys a little bit, you know, basically, you know, just growing up in Jamaica, I didn't really have a dad. You know, my dad was arrested when I was about four years old, so my dad's still in jail ever since then. You know, um, my mom was deported when I was like really young. You know what I mean? So. That's why I ended up, and I was even up back and forth from Jamaica because she was there. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and then when I was down there, I just didn't really, I didn't really do do stupid things. You know, when I was, I was always fucking the wrong things, doing this, doing that, being mom not knowing where I'm at, and all that shit. You know, but now things are different. So, <laughs> you know, it was just that I feel like that being 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 involved in that type of environment. You know, not having like certain things, being poor, not having you know people certain things that you didn't really have a chance to get as, as a young kid, you know, just living and growing up a certain way, man, rough and gritty, having to go or travel to go get water because there's no water, you know what I mean? Like, that type of stuff. So, you know, like that kind of made me a little bit hard-nosed and a little bit just brash and, like, you know, made me who I am. So, so is that kind of where you draw your, your motivation from, you know, not wanting to, to be in that kind of situation again? Because you mentioned – you know, nobody ever has to remind you to go to the gym. You know, you always, that's just something you do, so. Um, well, my motivation comes from so many different things. Obviously, that that's a major, major, you know, that's a major one of them, you know, one of the major ones that actually actually motivates me, you know, not having, a, not wanting to go back to that or anything like that. But, you know, I still struggle, man. I'm still struggling, you know, so I'm going through hardship, you know, as we speak, you know what I mean? So it is, mm-hmm. it is what it is, but. My motivations are to, to get better. My motivations are, you know, I have, like, teachers and, and, and people around me that motivate me to, to do better. You know, and my son Uriah is one of my biggest motivations. Being able to do things for him, you know, that, 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 was, that wasn't able to be done for me. You know what I mean? Give him certain mm-hmm. opportunities that I didn't have. So, so yeah, that type of thing, you know what I mean? It's just, I, there's so many different things that motivate I don't really want to tell me that I have to go and get up and do that. Obviously, my teachers do they, they guide me through, and you know, best defense they know I do. He's a huge inspiration. He just tells me, you know, he kind of guides me, tells me what I should be doing. You know what I mean? But a lot of times, I don't I need someone to tell me, "Hey, you got to get up and go do this." You got to get up. I know, I know what I have to do. As long as you know, my coaches, I know exactly what I have to do. Naturally. <laughs> now, yeah, yeah. This, this my this my my brother just walked in. Andre Harrison, the bull. Yo, you guys are talking. This is me walking. He's always just going back and forth. Why do I 
that must be that must be him in the background. Um, now, uh, this is a bit more of a lighter subject. Um, you know, Sage Northcut. There's going to be a couple comparisons because you're. I think you're the second guy making his UFC appearance because of the the looking for a fight show. But one of the things that actually exploded him into popularity wasn't just you know his appearance or his performance. It was actually what he did after the fight. Uh, after his win, he had this insane victory celebration with this front flip out of nowhere that was so crazy, and it went yeah. viral. I mean. It went everywhere, so I was wondering: you already got a post-fight celebration prepared, or you know, you not want to look ahead? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't even do the whole celebration thing, you know. But mm-hmm. we'll see. I might. You never know. You never know. I mean, you might win this fight. You saw a little something, so yeah, I might, I might get somebody a little something. You, know? you never know. <laughs> now, um, but I jump rope. <laughs> I jump rope really well, so maybe at the at the, the open workout, maybe you maybe well get to see something. There you go. Now, uh, you mentioned that you know, you are still struggling a little bit. How much of a life changer would it be if you went out there and had fight of the night or something or knockout or performance of the night and you got 50000 extra bucks in your pocket? Oh, tremendous, man. That would be, be tremendous. That will help out with a lot of things. You know, there's a lot of things that need to be done. You know, so that will help out with a lot of things, you know, rent and all that good stuff. But, yeah. I think that'll, def- that'll, that'll definitely help. It's funny. It's funny though. You mentioned that as me, me and Sage are kind of like coming from like the same show and everything, and I'm like the mm-hmm. second guy, but we're like huge, like total opposites. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I saw something you covered. You've already been drug tested, and you seemed really excited about that. Like ha- really happy that they were going out of their way to to test you. So tell me a little bit about that experience. You know, why were you so happy? that uh, the USADA decided to, to stop by? It was cool, you know, it was just a, a, like, I'm not really, I never really had been, I never really went through anything like this. This is a, a experience, you know, this is kind of cool. I'm, I'm enjoying it, you know, it's cool, mm-hmm. you know, all the attention and all that, it's, it's great, I like it. And another thing is that, you know, guys are on drugs and all, it gives the guys that are actually clean a chance to do what they do, you know, and show the skill part of things, you know, so. Now everyone has to develop their skills. They're forced to develop their skills, not just being brutes with brute strength and trying to, you know, be strong and just, you know, you got to work on your skill. Now, now the guys with skill, the guys that are actually cool and not on drugs that are still, but they're going to take over, you know. So I feel like that was when I was excited to make some life. It was like, uh, clean up the sport. I like it. Awesome. Now, I got a couple last questions. Um, first one, you actually have an 80-inch reach, and... That I believe is the second longest in the entire UFC welterweight division, uh, only behind Neil Magny. And I was wondering, you know, what do you think? How are you able to, uh, you know, have you, is that something you work on a lot on how to, to utilize that reach advantage? Because we don't always see fighters being able to do it properly. But you know, is that something that you think that you're going to be able to use against you know everybody else in the UFC welterweight division? Um, you watch my fights, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you you're able to, when your opponents actually decide to stand and trade with you, it does work, but a lot of the times they just are like, screw this, and then they, you know, start diving at your waist. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man. Well, you know, I'm, I, I work on, I just work on my stand-up, you know, I work on just being effective, man, overall. My reach, 
think about my reach too much, you know. Mm-hmm. I just, I work on just, like I said, man, I just work on being complete and being as flowy as possible, you know, mm-hmm. taking advantage of every opportunity I see, you know. I, I work on, I'm a, my coach, you know, we work on having good good, good vision, you know, being able to see in there, being able to see in the world. And so I can fight on the inside, you know, with someone that totally has shorter arms or whatever, it's supposed to be better on the inside, and I can fight on the outside, you know. So I'm confident anyway, you know, I feel like I'm effective everywhere. Now, uh, your upcoming opponent, Matt Dwyer, he's actually, I think, two inches taller than you. I mean, he is like a freak of nature in terms of being just like a string bean welterweight. You know, have you ever faced anybody that was actually taller than you uh, in the welterweight division? Um, yes, in my UFC debut, I fought Steve Tyrell. He was about 6'4", and mm-hmm. um, I armed him in the first. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, I didn't get a chance to see that one. <laughs> Now, uh, I, took, I took him down and, you know, I mounted him, reversed it, and then I bought him. Oh, excellent, so excellent. Cool. <laughs> uh, my co-host had one other question for you. Uh, let me see if I can – it was worded a little strangely, so hopefully it's not too confusing. Uh, your gym, uh, the, the Budokan – he says Budokan has a huge selection of Budokan. different martial – Oh, Budokan, sorry. Uh, Budo, he said, Budokan has a huge selection of different martial arts. Are there any martial arts that you don't typically see in MMA training that end up being a part of your training camp or that you maybe bring to the table that might, people might not be ready for? Oh, man. It's, I guess we just have to watch and see. Don't want to give it away, yeah? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working on a lot of a lot of sport techniques. Let's just, just put it like that, working on my katas and all that, you know. <laughs> All right, and uh, I had a friend ask me about this, uh, so I have to ask you. And uh, all your fights have ended inside the two rounds, and he wants to know, you know, what do you think about your own conditioning? You know, uh, because Dwyer has gone the went the distance in his last fight in an absolute war. You know, are you prepared? You know, what do you think about your own conditioning level? Is that something that's in the back of your head a little bit? Because uh, a lot of guys that make their UFC debuts, they sometimes you know, start out really crazy strong, and then they they run out of steam because they're just so amped up. Oh man, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I'm prepared. Um, my training, my training, you know, is is you know absolutely like rigorous, you know, and and, and exhausting, you know. So, like three rounds, three five minute rounds, I'm, I'm confident I can do three five minute rounds at any pace. You know, I'm definitely confident I can do that. You know. I, I feel like I'm a, I can do I can do three I can do five fives if I had honestly if I really had so I believe I believe you know that I can see I can do that I would excited obviously but I think I can do that so I think three threes will be fine you know, I'm, I train with a lot of high level guys you know pushing you know I'm pushing them right back and, and you know at a high pace and I'm putting that three threes three three five no problem. Well, it definitely helps to have uh, Andre Harris in there. That's the guy that can go five fives no problem. So yeah, as long as he's pushing yeah, you. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um uh Richard, Jerry, you guys got anything else? Yes, no? Okay. They say nope. <laughs> Unless Richard actually was serious about the joke questions uh about if you smuggled weed back from Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, no, I haven't. <laughs> okay. Jerry Jerry loves his joke questions. 
So okay, I I had to just 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 to make sure. Um, He's right. lying. He he absolutely <laughs> did. Every Jamaican does it at least once in their life. <laughs> Every Jamaican did at least once in their life. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I think that's true, but I'm not gonna say you're a man. See. These are the situations that I have Jerry on the show for. You know, get, get these guys laughing. <laughs> it works. It works every time. All right. Uh, last thing um, <laughs> that I always ask people uh, when they're on our show is when you're kind of, you know, I know visualization is really important for fighters. So when you're kind of visualizing success against Matt Dwyer on Saturday night, what, what do you picture in your head? Finish. Mm-hmm finish any 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 way possible man any like i said i see many different ways you know any way that he gives it to me you know no matter what them do them get murdered anyway anyway mm-hmm. i'm them done <laughs> so, awesome yeah. and uh last thing before we let you go did you have any shout outs to your trainers your gym your sponsors the entire floor is um, yours uh take it away man, uh, man. i want to give a quick shout out to budokan martial arts academy all the training brothers there I give a shout out to my head instructor, Sensei Nardu, man, my manager, Matt Cully, you know, everybody, my whole team, you know, all my friends. I want to give a shout out to Andre Harrison for always having my back, helping me out in camp, you know, my brother Keenan, everyone, man. I just want to give a big shout out to everyone. Species Nutrition for hooking me up with all the the great stuff, you know, great vitamins and protein, Enerskin, uh, you know, Enerskin um compression sleeves and shorts, those guys are amazing, you know, always having my back. And if you ever want to work on, like, getting compression sleeves and stuff like that, the best, best product out there. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Also, yeah, follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at touchandgo underscore. Same thing for Twitter. So it's touch, Mm -hmm. letter, and G-O. All right, we got it. Well, thank you so much for stopping by the show, Randy. We are super thankful that you were so generous with your time tonight. And best of luck against Matt Dwyer. We'll definitely be rooting for you on Saturday night. All right. Thank you very much, man. Thank you, guys. All right. All right. You have a terrific rest of your day. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. That was Randy Rude Boy Brown stopping by the verbal submission. Uh, Jerry Richard, what did you guys think of our little interview there? I thought that was pretty revealing. Uh, Some pretty cool stuff uh, learning about this guy. Call the cops. Call the cops. <laughs> uh, Richard, what would you think? I'm just looking forward to the fight. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. it's always interesting when you see somebody um, who has that kind of, you know, stand-up ability. You see what they do against uh, against uh, an established fighter uh, in their mm-hmm. UFC debut. Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh... All right, well, I have not heard back from Nick about Stipe, so I'm thinking that we will not be getting him for the show tonight. Um, So is there any last stuff you guys want to talk about before we uh, wrap her up? Fuck came Velasquez and his injured ass. Just retire. I'm tired of him. (laughs) Well, uh, maybe next time uh, they'll book it, like, below sea level. Give him an even bigger advantage. (laughs) <laughs> like they'll have they'll have it booked in Atlantis. Yeah, undersea king. Maybe they'll have him booked in a nursing home, where he can fight a bunch of other decrepit individuals. 
Oh, you're the worst. Oh, poor caveman. He's never healthy. Ever. I mean, if you want to know why Kane's never healthy, you need to watch this video of him doing these knee lifts on this machine. It is terrifying. Like, that guy that was making Kane do this exercise need needs to be shot. I don't know, have you ever seen this, uh, Jerry or Rich? I have. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have. Remember yeah, you guys, you guys know what I'm everyone? talking about? Like, literally, yeah. that's that's why Kane's knees suck. Right there. I mean, granted, this was a back injury. It wasn't a knee injury that's, that pulled him out, but... Like that it's all related. training training like that, yeah, training like that cannot be healthy. So unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know if we'll ever see uh the uh original Kane Velasquez back after all these injuries. I mean multiple shoulder injuries, knee injuries, now a back injury. I mean the guy just cannot stay healthy whatsoever. So all right. He's in Sh- um, he's in Shane Carwin territory. That's true. Uh, he's not quite as old as Shane. I mean, Shane started his career really late, so I can give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt for how all, he was always injured. I mean, he like, didn't even get to the UFC until he was like in his late 30s. So, I mean, he held up long enough to you know get a title shot and have an amazing fight against Brock Lesnar, but that was about it for him pretty much. All right. Um, anything else other than, you know, fuck Kane? Are you? Uh, I good. just want to point everybody to um, Adam Martin uh, just wrote a uh, a, a piece and uh, he, he tweeted it a couple of times about uh, taking eye pokes more seriously. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a pretty good read. Awesome, uh, Jerry. Is there anything you've touched on in the last, or you read in the last like week, or anything that you know really spoke to you that you want our listeners to check out? Yes, Misha Tate's bodysuit at the press conference. Um, that was great. And then uh, Bullet Club coming to WWE very soon. Should be fun. I'm excited for that. I am totally watching the Royal Rumble after we're done. Uh, I'm probably just going to switch over to the pre-show the second the show's over. So uh, that that is what I'm doing. I'm a complete WWE mark. So I'll be checking it out here in a minute. Hey, I finally, uh, I finally bought into NXT. What do you think, Jerry? I'm, I have been singing his praises for so long. What, what, now that you finally had a chance to check it out, you, what do you think? You know who did it for me? Who did it? Two guys. Or or, or two... Uh, I know it is. Is uh, the realest guys in the room? Bada bing, bada boom? Nope. Or is it uh, Jordan, and, Jordan and Gable? Oh, Samoa Joe. And Finn and Balor? And Vaudevillians. Oh, the Vaudevillians. I love Vaudevillians. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, gather round. Samoa Joe and the Vaudevillian sold me. Oh, man. I I, I thought for sure it would be the realest guys in the room, Uh, Enzo Amore and and Big Cass. I hate them. I fucking hate those guys. (laughs) I can't stand them. (laughs) I fast forward through that shit, so I can't stand them. But Samoa Joe is the man. Um uh, what is it, Balor or Finn Balor? Or yeah, whatever Finn his Balor. Name is. Finn Balor yeah, and uh, Samoa Joe and then the Vaudevillians, man, that, that sold yeah, there's, me. There's so many awesome things going on over there. And a lot of really good WWE wrestlers are coming in from, from there, too. I mean, Callisto just won the U.S. title, and you know, he was uh, an NXT standout, and uh, obviously Kevin Owens and 
Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and all those guys were from NXT. Uh, Bray Wyatt, you name it. I mean, just loaded with Austin Aries just signed. Yeah, Austin Aries just debuted in NXT during the roast recent tapings. Um, so and I'm sure that some guys from the Bullet Club are just going to skip it completely and just debut straight in the Rumble tonight or something. I mean, I'm super excited for that. So, All right. Um, I guess that's about everything. So, uh, Richard, I, I know it's a, it's been a while, but uh, do you know what time it is? It is Kurt Angle time. All right, it is. It is absolutely Kurt Angle time, baby. See you guys next week. Thanks you. Thank you to Randy Brown, and we will be back next week. I mean it. <laughs> the show is back for good. <laughs> Kurt Angle time, baby. 